Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Evening, everyone. We're in 1 Peter. That's the series we're doing right now. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 13 to chapter 2 verse 3. That's 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 13 to chapter 2 verse 3. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know... That it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Good evening all. Good to see you this evening. Let me pray and we'll turn to the passage that Chris read so well to us. Heavenly Father, we do pray that as we do a spiritual stock take this evening. Your spirit will guide us as we listen to your word and to you. Help us to understand it and to find ways where we need to put it into practice for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Identity should be one of the things that sets the parameter of our behaviour. Many years ago, clergy used to wear black shirts and a white dog collar 
They were made out of plastic, a horrible thick plastic, and you used to do them up at the very back with a pin, like a cufflink. If it came undone, it was very uncomfortable. It was like being stabbed in the, in the neck all the time. One day, while wearing this garb, I was walking along the, one of the main streets of Sydney. Got to the pedestrian crossing. The sign said, don't walk. There are about 15 other people standing there. They looked to the left and there was not a car in sight. They looked to the right and there was not a car in sight. They looked at each other and they all began to move across the road and one man turned to me and he said, we can but you can't. We are to live on this earth as people who see ourselves as non-permanent residents. In verse 17 of 1 Peter, we are told this, Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners. We are passing through as far as God is concerned. In verse 1 of 1 Peter we read this, To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the province and on he goes. In other words, God's people are seen to be people who must take the attitude in regards to the world that this is not our permanent home. Now, God's people were often foreigners in the land in which they lived. And as I use the word foreigner here, I hope that I don't offend any of you. I know some of you may have suffered by somebody calling you all sorts of names, one of which might have been big foreigner. So, as I talk this evening, I hope if there's any hurt that I haven't added to it. But Abraham and Joseph were foreigners. The Jewish people who lived in Egypt were visitors there, enforced visitors, but, in visit, but visitors. And the background to 1 Peter is more to do with the exile that the Jewish people suffered when they were carried off into Babylon. They were foreigners, people living outside their country. The concept of being a traveller and not a permanent resident would have resonated with people, Peter's readers who were probably mainly Jewish Christians, some Gentiles, but mainly Jewish Christians. So the, the backstory for them is always there. They can, they can filter it through what Peter says as he goes through it. Now, as if you travel overseas, you have to adjust to the customs of that country. You may have to drive on the opposite side of the road. You may have to barter 
for what you're buying. But if we accept what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, that we are citizens of heaven, how should we live as guests on earth? The Bible teaches us that all people are just passing through. Verse 24 says, All people are like grass, and all the glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fade. None of us live on this earth forever. But writing to a group of people who are Christian, who have placed their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation, who may have been suffering persecution, Peter wants them to, wants to encourage them to hang in there. They are new believers in the first century of the Christian faith. And he wants to remind them that heaven is their home. And while they are here, they are to live a distinctive lifestyle. They are to be proactive and intentional in how they live. And so he says this to them in verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. And in verse 2 of chapter 2, he tells them to crave spiritual milk. So this evening, I want to centre our thoughts around what it is it to have a Christian mind, to think Christianly. How do you cope when you might be the only one who is a follower of Jesus? You might be the only one who has a particular view on marriage. You might be the only one who takes up a particular view, a Christian view on the raising of children or on finances or whatever it is that you are thinking through. I was the only one that stayed at the lights. Now, I don't want to spend the night on whether Christians should stay at red lights or not or not. That was not the point. The point was they saw it that way. And so how are we to think? Christians have often been depicted in the past or in movies as being of such heavenly value they are of no earthly use. And today, we can be seen as being intolerant, bigoted, or narrow-minded. So, what do we do? How do we work out when we have other influences? I've just finished reading Jordan Peterson's new book. I don't know how new it is but it's the second one about the 12 more rules for life. It's an interesting read, but it's not Christian. He believes that Jesus walked this earth. He believes that he rose from the dead. But there are lots 
have Jews who actually believe that too, without having placed their faith and trust in him as their Lord and Saviour. So I want to tease out for us this evening, how do we act? I want to give you six things to think about that helps you sift through where things might be for you. We are called upon to be obedient children, it says in verse 40. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But the first thing that I want to draw out for you, as people who are holy, i.e. we are separate, we are different, it says this in verse 17, live out your time as foreigners here in reverential, in reverent fear. And like some countries, we don't always revere those in authority. We tend to be self-deprecating. We don't like people who have tickets on themselves. We would rather boo politicians than cheer them. So it is by nature difficult for us to be reverential. Yet the Bible tells us in verse 17 that we are to revere God. We might call each other mate, but we are not to call God mate. He is described constantly in the Bible as our Father. And it tells us, if you look here, it says to us in verse 17, call on our Father who judges each person impartially. We mustn't forget that God is the judge. He looks at what we do. Now, if we have a faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, we are forgiven people. But we need to reflect on how we live and how we think. We need to live in awe of God and not offend him. Let me illustrate it this way. A group of children are playing. Boys, because girls don't do naughty things, do they? So these are little boys and they're all playing. And they're playing and doing naughty things. Now I know none of you know nothing about that, doing that. So I know I'm struggling from the beginning. But there's one boy who won't take part. And they start to pick on him. And one of the other boys says to him, Oh, he won't be involved. He won't do it because his father will hurt him. And the boy says, No, no, I won't do it because it will hurt my father. And that's what reverential awe is. It's the relationship that we have with God and it is actually worked out practically because in chapter 2 and verse 18, Peter writes this, Slaves, in reverential fear of God, submit yourself to your masters. Now, I don't want to go into the issue of slaveship. I'm just pointing out that living in reverential awe of God is not some eerie, fiery feeling sort of thing out there. 
but it can actually be worked out practically. Here, Peter speaks into his own community and can you imagine what it must, what it must have done to the slaves who were Christians? And Peter says to them, do as you're told and you're revering God in doing it. It actually changes the whole thing, doesn't it? It changes how you think about something. I'm a slave. Oh, yes, I'm a slave. But I'm also do, being a slave the way God wants me to. So, live in reverential awe. Why do we live reverentially? Why do we live as holy people as we're described in verse 16? Why do we live as people who have hope? In other words, a certainty that we will go to heaven. It is because, as it says in verse 18, we have been redeemed. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life passed down from your ancestors. In other words, we have been brought back. This is the second thing that should influence our mind as we try to work out how we are going to live and think. Now, well, when we think of ransom, we may think of some criminal activity, such as a child has been kidnapped and if a ransom is paid, the child will be returned to the parents. However, in Peter's time, ransom had a different significance. The word meant to pay the price to free a prisoner of war or a slave. And both are actually true of us biblically. We are prisoners of a just God who has every right to sentence us. We are slaves also before we came to Christ sentenced to death. But we have been redeemed, not with silver or gold or something else that was perishable, but as verse 19 says to us, in the precious blood of Christ. A young man I know once saved three people from drowning. He was on the beach and he saw three people get into trouble in a rip and they were being swept out to sea, and the sort of sea it was, they would have been drowned. He got on his surfboard and over a period of time rescued all three. It was front page news, and he was offered a hero's medal. You might see them on the television at time, which he declined. When they'd all got back to land... They all thanked him and went their own way. And he's never seen any of them again, which you would probably expect. So, they have been saved. We have been saved. What's your attitude towards Jesus? How are you living? No contact with your Saviour? Oh, I, I'll have him as saviour, but don't let him interfere with the rest of my life. 
I'll look after my money things. I'll look after my sex life. I'll look after how I'll react to that other bloke. Or is there some little contact? Or are you living in reverential awe? Are you hearing God's word? Are you living as a freed person? who no longer lives, as verse 18 says to us, an empty way of life. Peter tells these people that before they became followers of Jesus, their life was empty. Now, non-Christians fill their lives with all sorts of things, probably the same sorts of things that you do and I do. We watch the cricket, unfortunately. We go to the movies. We eat. We sleep. We drive a car, just like all the non-Christians do those things. But without God, Peter says to us, it's an empty life. It's full in one way, but it's empty in another, for they do not know the God that God wants them to know. And so, we are very privileged when we see the contrast here between their lives and our lives. So, the third thing I want to say to you is this. Remember that you have been brought back. Fourth, in verse 22, we come back to the concept of obedience. The idea was first put forward in verse 13, where we were described as obedient children. And now, in verse 22, it says, Now that you have, been, have purified yourself by obeying the word, so that you may have sincere love for each other. The idea of obedience here is not seeing obedience as an adjective, such as in this phrase, she's an obedient child, isn't she? Rather, obedience is in our nature. It is the parent of the image we bear. For in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2 it says, unbelievers are children of disobedience. They are characterised as disobedient. But Peter says our nature as followers of Christ is obedience. And this obedience is set out for us with some very practical illustrations. For we are told to love others. Obeying the truth, verse 22 says, so that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. The word sincere means not to be hypocritical. It may be a struggle for us to love each other. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different eras. But we are all one in Christ and that makes the difference. And in doing that, Peter says to us, 
that we'll do a number of things, as chapter 2 says. We will rid ourselves of malice, deceit, hypocrisy and slander. I'm sure there are other things that Peter wants them to not do. But he doesn't want people to be malicious. Now, there aren't many people who would describe themselves as malicious. But what are our motives sometimes? To get back at others? We won't be deceitful. We will be above board. How difficult that can be when you've got a boss over the top of you who is deceitful and tells you to be deceitful. One for us to work out, not here tonight, but to be thought through and worked out with people of wisdom. We won't be envious. I'm really envy that the Indians have got such good spin bowlers and we couldn't get them out. It's really hard to watch sport and not be envious sometimes. And we won't slander people. In other words, we won't gossip. You see, these are Christian mind things. And you can bet that if someone comes and gossips to you, they will gossip to somebody else about you. So, we come near to the end. And the end involves reflecting upon the fact that we, by the grace of God, are not of perishable seed, as it says in verse 23, but imperishable. We have a passport to heaven. That's the sixth thing that we're to remember. It's hard to live as a Christian. I'm not up here to give personal opinions, but my experience is that I think it's harder to live as a Christian now than it was when I was in my 20s or 30s for many reasons, one of which atheists are now more aggressive than they once used to be. People's attitude when I was a young man was, well, it suits him, works out for him, leave him alone. But I think it's harder for many young people today. So, I want to come back to verse 13 and conclude in this way. Do you think I could run very far in this? Do you think I could run very far in this? I don't. I know I couldn't. I certainly wouldn't have tried to run in the city to surf dress like this. You'd be a nut. <laughs> but some people do. It says this in verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. The idea is this. And the a really old version says, 
gird up your loins. What it's getting at is this. How are runners dressed? They're usually got as little as possible nowadays. And when a person ran, a man ran, in the time of Peter, what they would do was this. They had a belt and they put it like that so that they could run. In Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13, the people are about to eat the Passover and leave Egypt. And it says, this is how they're to eat the Passover. This is how you are to do it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. In other words, as sojourners, as people who are visitors, set your hope on the grace that has come to you and fix your mind on living in the light of that grace. Overindulgence of alcohol dulls our thinking. We can forget who we are and who we belong to. I want you to think about your identity and who you belong to. And what did it cost God to have us become his children? There are six things listed there in that passage which reminds us of how we ought to think as people who are strangers here, who are just visiting, who are just passing through. Let me conclude with these words. You know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed but with the precious blood of Jesus. I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray and give you thanks for your word. We pray that you will continue to educate our minds and that our minds will direct how we behave as people. Help us, Heavenly Father, to do a spiritual stock take and work out where we're at with you and how we can better be people who are holy because you are holy. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. 
We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.